Now at five, a week for trials, updates in Christopher Taylor's case, and what's ahead for Caitlin Armstrong. Tensions are rising in the war between Israel and Hamas, not only abroad, but in the United States as well. What the Biden administration is doing to stop violence on college campuses. And the future of tech is here, but is it safe? The concerns over artificial intelligence, the White House is addressing. Okay, did you dust off the coats? <laughs> it is chilly, wet, and windy. What a combo to start this week. And how Halloween could be a cold one. We had anticipated today's forecast would bring us a high of 47 degrees here in Austin, and that would be the coldest high temperature for the date and one of the coldest October highs on record. So the question is, drum roll please. Did, did we reach that cold record <laughs> yeah. or break it, David? Well, guess what? So far, we were wrong. It's been even colder than oh, that. Wow. High temperatures so far ending up at 46 <laughs> degrees in the city and out at the airport. This is not only 30 plus degrees colder than normal and a daily record at both sites. This is a tie for the coldest of any October day in Austin Airport history, tying with 46 degrees back on October 27th, 2020. Live out there right now, the wind is still blowing in Lakeway. It's cloudy, it's chilly, 46 degrees, kind of ramen noodle weather this evening. Current temperatures across the area in the middle 40s, 44 down in San Marcos and Luling at 5 o'clock. There is a little bit of a wind chill factor as well. Some of us, like Blanco, feeling like we're in the mid-30s when you factor in that wind. The rain, though, has started to clear the hill country, and we're drying out in Austin. Still some cold, steady rain falling in our eastern counties, but that won't last long either. Coming up, we're tracking an early season freeze. I'll show you where to expect it, when the sun comes back, and help you with trick-or-treat plans. All right, David, thank you very much. Well, there is a handful of trials KXAN is following this week. The one getting the most headlines nationally, of course, is Caitlin Armstrong's murder trial set to begin. Jury selection began today. Armstrong is accused of killing professional cyclist Mo Wilson in 2022. Now, the most significant piece of evidence against Armstrong is ring camera footage from the night of the murder that shows a dark colored SUV with a bike rack similar to the one Armstrong was driving at the time. That vehicle was spotted leaving the home around the time Wilson was killed. Now, Armstrong has pleaded not guilty. She did so after spending 43 days in Costa Rica on the run from authorities, even altering her appearance. Now, you might remember Armstrong gained a new felony charge just this month month when she tried to escape from custody while outside of a medical building in South Austin. Armstrong faces up to 99 years in jail if convicted on the murder. Well, big developments are expected tomorrow in the Christopher Taylor trial. He is the Austin police officer accused of murdering Michael Ramos during a police call outside of an apartment complex in 2020. Grace Reader catches us up on the testimony heard today. This afternoon, the jury heard from an Austin Police Department Academy instructor who teaches high-risk traffic stops to cadets. Officers who have testified previously have said that's how they treated their approach to Michael Ramos in 2020. But most of the day, we again heard from the lead investigator on this case. During cross-examination, the judge allowed the defense to ask some questions of that investigator about Ramos's previous criminal history. The state didn't want that admitted, but the defense argued because there has been testimony that Ramos may have been fearful during his interaction with police that it's relevant. We believe that that line of argument and their questions and statements in opening has opened the door to get into Mr. Ramos's criminal history for the limited purpose of showing that he had been arrested multiple times before. 
Once the state wraps up its case, which we expect to happen as early as tomorrow, the defense takes over. If Officer Christopher Taylor were to take the stand, that's when it would happen. We have no indication yet whether he will or not. Back to you. Grace, thank you for that. Now we cover trials because it's important to give you a transparent look into the justice system here locally and nationally. If there is a trial that matters to you, one that we maybe aren't covering on air or online, we do want to know about it. So you can get in touch with us, scan this QR code on your screen, or send us an email to report it at kxan.com with any news tips or story ideas that you might have. Well, as Israel expands its ground offensive in the war, back here in the U.S., Americans are experiencing record levels of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Second gentleman Doug Emoff and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona met with leaders from the Jewish community to discuss the rise in hate crimes against Jewish students on college campuses. Alice Barr has more on how the White House is responding. An escalating conflict in the Middle East is now a ground war, with Israel's forces pushing deeper into the Gaza Strip and today managing to rescue a hostage, a young female Israeli soldier from Hamas control. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu facing plummeting approval ratings at home and international pressure to relieve the suffering of Palestinian civilians forcefully pushing back. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. As Israel continues its relentless airstrikes, Netanyahu blaming Hamas for using civilians as human shields, while the U.S. State Department zeroes in on humanitarian shipments into Gaza, noting Israel restored phone and internet service under pressure from the U.S. It is about ensuring that vital information flows, humanitarian coordination continues, and families can stay in touch. The war is touching off new security concerns here in the U.S. and a sharp uptick in hate crimes, with Muslim leaders reporting more than 800 complaints since the beginning of October, while the Anti-Defamation League reports a nearly 400 percent increase in anti-Semitic acts from the same time last year. What we're seeing today in America, it's not just the war on Israel. It is a war on all Jewish people. With Cornell and George Washington universities both looking into incidents in involving anti-Semitism, the Biden administration today announcing new steps to combat anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on college campuses. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Those new steps include the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI improving coordination between campus law enforcement and state and local agencies when responding to those types of incidents. Well, according to an Iowa poll, former President Donald Trump is maintaining the lead as GOP presidential candidate. 43% of Republicans pick Trump as their first choice candidate. He leads his nearest Republican rivals by nearly 30 points in that state, with nearly two-thirds of likely GOP caucus goers dismissing the severity of his legal challenges. Now, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley is on the rise in Iowa and is tied for second with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. However, the poll shows Trump's supporters are more enthusiastic and locked into their choices than Haley's and DeSantis' backers are. And we should also note this poll has former Vice President Mike Pence in the poll, but of course he has since dropped out of the race. New details about the main mass shooter, the item he was denied months before he took 18 lives. Plus the new executive order to make sure using artificial intelligence is safe and how lawmakers are tracking it here in Texas.
We are learning new details about the main mass shooter. We now know he tried purchasing a silencer months before that attack. A main gun shop owner says a distributor sent a silencer card ordered to his store. Now the last layer of verification, an ATF form, and that's where Card disclosed his mental health history. He answered yes to the questions asking if he was in a mental institution or had a history of mental health issues. So they never gave him that silencer, but his guns were never taken away. Under Maine law, that would only happen if he was forcibly committed for mental health treatment. Well, it was a deadly weekend across the U.S. At least six people died and more than 40 people were hurt in several shootings. Police in Texarkana are looking for a 20-year-old young man who's been on the run for more than 48 hours. They say there was a fight between two men at a party when the suspect and another man pulled out rifles and started shooting. One person died at the scene, two others died at the hospital, three people were also hurt. In Indianapolis, a woman is dead and eight other people are hurt after a shooting at a large party as well this on Saturday. Police say all of the victims are ages 16 to 22. In Tampa, Florida, two people died and 18 were hurt after a shooting during Halloween celebrations. One man was charged with a second-degree murder with a firearm. And in Chicago, similar stories. A fight broke out Sunday morning, and a person began shooting. Fifteen people were hurt. Two of them may not make it. One man is in custody. Ahead, more on the tragic death of an American hockey player. The change is coming to prevent this accident from ever happening again. And about uh, just shy of another half inch of rainfall today has pushed Austin's monthly total over seven inches this October. Of course, that's welcome, and the lakes are up. Travis up five feet, Buchanan up a foot and a half, but the combined storage is still less than half full in the drinking water supply for more than a million of us. We'll have your first warning forecast with freezing cold temperatures coming up. Today, President Biden announced an executive order that his administration says takes the strongest steps to regulate AI technology anywhere in the country. Basil John reports on how the administration says the order will help Americans recognize what is generated by AI and prevent the tech from being used to discriminate. Both the president and lawmakers say the U.S. needs to lead the way in developing AI, but also managing the risks and setting new standards is supposed to help with that. We need to govern this technology. Monday, President Joe Biden issued an executive order, the first of its kind, to shape the development and use of artificial intelligence. I'm determined to do everything in my power to promote and demand responsible innovation. The executive order creates new safety and security standards for AI. The Biden administration says the standards will protect consumer privacy and promote innovation and competition. The president has been completely clear that American leadership in the world today requires American leadership in artificial intelligence. The White House says it's important at this time to find the right balance between managing the risk of AI and taking advantage of the benefits. We don't want to live in a future that's shaped by technologies that have been driven by authoritarian regimes. The executive order will also help establish best practices for detecting AI-generated content. We go online, any one of us should be able to know that the content we're looking at is either authentic or is generated by AI. The executive order will also push the U.S. to work with international partners to develop their own safeguards. AI does not stop at our borders. The order also requires large companies to share safety results with the U.S. government before the release of AI systems. Reporting in Washington, I'm Basil John.
Texas lawmakers approved legislation earlier this year to track how state government uses AI. It created the Artificial Intelligence Advisory Council to recommend best practices. The lawmaker who led the push said the council will focus on high-level questions. How does this affect individuals' constitutional rights? How does this affect, um, and again, at a higher level, the ethics of when and how to use this? Importantly, how where is academic research on this? Like, are we at the beginning of this? Is it moving quickly? Now, our governor and other state leaders still need to appoint members of that council. All right, David joins us now. David, you're saying some of us still have a little bit more rain to get through. Just a little bit, yes. But for most of us now, the rain is winding down and the focus just becomes how cold it is outside. Weather like this is not going anywhere in a hurry. Here's the rain shutting off now from west to east. Austin, we may be done with the rain after a week of rain in the area. Same with the hill country where we've seen up to 10 inches in southern San Saba County. Out to the east, rainfall totals for just about everywhere have remained under an inch today. Just some nice, light, steady, cold rain from Luling down to Flatonia. Uh, everybody in Fayette County really feeling the chill with this cold, wet wind out there tonight. Skies are cloudy in Austin, but the rain, le the lens rather, is now clear of the rain that was on it earlier on the Austonian weather cam. North winds are still gusting over 20 miles an hour from the hill country out to Giddings and Cameron. Winds will remain a little bit of a factor through the day tomorrow. Hill country temperatures feeling that cold air pouring in. It's 44 in Fredericksburg, 49 in Horseshoe Bay. Kingsland, one of the only spots to top 50 degrees briefly this afternoon. 46 degrees at the airport, 45 right now in Driftwood. Everybody in the 40s east of 35 as well. 44, Burr, out in Round Top. Notice on the satellite and radar, you can see this big tail of moisture leading to cloudy skies and a cold rain that many of us have dealt with for several days. Well, not the cold part, of course, but certainly since the cold front yesterday. Let me show you how things are going to change, though. The tail of moisture that's responsible for that rain is out of here, beginning a little bit tonight, but really ramping up on Halloween tomorrow. The dry air that's going to replace it sticks around for the rest of the week. And yes, that means sunshine, and it really means a lack of rainfall for the next few days and maybe not much rain over the next seven or more days, but also clear skies mean colder temperatures. So let's get to the meat of it here. Here we are tonight with cold north winds and mostly cloudy skies. It is possible that by morning some areas north of Austin have removed that blanket of clouds and that allows more heat to escape, leading to maybe a rural freeze in our northern hill country tomorrow morning. That's the only spot I'm worried about it tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon for uh, Halloween, one of our top three coldest on record in Austin. Highs in the 50s under sunny skies. These cold north winds die down a little more, though, and the skies are clear tomorrow night. That means Wednesday morning should be the coldest of the week, with more areas outside of central Austin dipping to or even below the freezing mark for the first time this season. Central Austin, I don't think we have to worry about a freeze yet this week, but the rest of us, even in rural suburbs of Austin and certainly in the colder hill country valleys, let's protect the pets, pipes, plants, and people. And yes, this is coming a little early. Remember, in Austin, we're not expecting a widespread freeze, but in the hill country, tomorrow night's widespread freeze is two weeks ahead of schedule. Eastern counties, this is three to four weeks ahead of when we typically see it. Trick-or-treat forecast before that freezing cold night tomorrow night. It looks lovely in terms of the sky conditions, but it looks cold. The kids heading out at 5 p.m., 55, down in the mid-40s, though, a couple hours after dark. There will still be a little bit of a breeze, too, tomorrow evening under these clear skies, keeping temperatures feeling chilly. So plan accordingly. 
Tonight, as cold as 38 in Austin, but I don't think we freeze in the metro. North winds still blowing under mostly cloudy skies. Here's the sun tomorrow, but still breezy and still chilly. Don't let it fool you into wearing short sleeves. 58 degrees, even with the sun out. Tomorrow night and maybe Wednesday night again, some of the coldest weather that we've seen so far this season, but central Austin stays in the mid-30s. Notice the afternoons really start to warm up, and by the weekend, so do the overnights. Don't forget to set your clocks back an hour for the end of daylight saving time this weekend as temperatures return to near 80 degrees. All right, David, thank you very much. Changes are coming after the death of an American hockey player over the weekend and what officials are calling a freak accident. 29-year-old Adam Johnson from Minnesota was playing for the Nottingham Panthers in England when an opponent's blade on his boot cut his throat. Now the English Ice Hockey Association will make it mandatory for all players in England to wear neck guards starting this coming January 1st. They're not mandatory immediately because of supply issues, but the association is strongly recommending players wear them as soon as they can. Now, when this first happened, the league ended the game and cleared the arena. Johnson died at the hospital. Mm. The Panthers posted on social media saying the entire organization is devastated by his death. Johnson made his NHL debut with the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 2018. They're taking time out of their day to give you candy for free. <laughs> Last minute suggestions on how to have the best Halloween from, well, an expert, a kid himself. The tips he has for children just like him and parents too. Right now, how the events in Gaza and Israel are driving a wave of hate across the world. And we speak to the Mississippi mom who for months searched for her missing son only to learn he was dead and buried in a pauper's grave. More tonight on Nightly News. Well, tonight the Texas Rangers are looking to rebound in Arizona after letting the Diamondbacks steal game two in Texas. Right now the series mm -hmm. is tied at one apiece. The Rangers won Friday but lost Saturday. Veteran Max Scherzer will start for Texas. First pitch is at 7 p.m. in Phoenix. Well, it was all trail and a little bit of treats at the Trailer Treat Halloween party put on by the Trail Conservancy. Right off the running path by the Sea Home Building, you could find pets, kids, and entire families dressed up in costume this past weekend. Thanks to the Trail Conservancy for asking me to help judge the Halloween contest. It was so fun. I had my family out there as well. I will say, though, as you can see by all these amazing costumes, it was so hard to choose a winner. <laughs> Look at this little peanut right here. Ultimately, however, it was a little boy, not a pet this time, but a little boy who dressed up as an angler fish who won the contest. <laughs> Very nice. And of course, Halloween is tomorrow, and we've heard tips from doctors, law enforcement, and other parents on how to keep kids safe when trick-or-treating. But we have some tips now from kids to parents on how to make Halloween the most memorable for them. Well, here you go. Well, this morning on the Today Show, Craig Melvin talked to a New York third grader, Caleb Wade, about the wisdom he has gained in his years of trick-or-treating. Caleb says it's important to have good manners and say thank you when you get your Halloween candy. He adds, don't be greedy, save candy for the other kids and only take one piece. And always remember to brush your teeth before you go to bed so you don't get cavities, especially with all those sweets. But watch out, parents. Caleb has a tip for you. Never hand out anything other than candy? You should never, you should really never do that because this day is about giving out candy. No raisins, no corn, no oranges. Maybe I'll take the raisins with the candy, but no raisins at all. <laughs> yeah, we used to get those loose shelled peanuts right? when I was a kid too. Oh. Well, Caleb says Reese's are his favorite candy and Reese's are also the favorite 
Candy Nationwide. Oh my goodness, you have one, you have many. <laughs> Tonight on KXAN, you've got The Voice at 7, followed by The Irrational at 9, then back here at 10 for more news. And you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. Here's where to find us.